Our podcast, Sync, The Conversation, offers a digital window into the unique engagement experience that is the Sync community, quality networking, genuine relationship, and in-depth discussion. You'll hear directly from your peers, IT industry experts, leaders, and thinkers, and learn firsthand about crucial insights reimagining the future, new strategies informing data-driven risk, and key relationships expanding the bounds of what's possible. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome back to the Sync the Conversation podcast, part two. I'm Renier Moquete from Cyber Warrior. And for, to refresh everyone, I'm Walter Ferrer from um, a Managing Director as a Lady. Uh, on today's uh, session, we're going to focus on how to cultivate your diverse talent and, and all in the context of the talent crisis that we have and how do we, uh, how do we use that, that question to really drive uh, very action-oriented leadership. Uh, not just from different organizations, but throughout different levels of, you know, within the industry. So, Renier, welcome back. Uh, really excited to to explore this topic with you further. So, let's just jump right, you know, right to it. Right when you think about diverse talent, uh, you know, you also think about how do you develop, how do you cultivate, how do you nurture. Uh, so that that plays into the different communities within that pool, right? So, I want to ask you about. You know, generally speaking, you know, what do you recommend? What have we have been techniques or focus areas where you have invested uh, to really look down at how, how do you cultivate that talent pool? Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me, Walter. I'm excited to, to continue this conversation. I think the first thing that we need to acknowledge is that we, we live in a new world. Um, COVID has introduced a number of challenges, not only with, with remote workforce, but we also have to recognize the human impact of COVID. And what do I mean by that? We've lost countless lives throughout this process. And the brunt of that has been felt by communities of color. I mean, underserved communities within the tech sector have been the ones who have experienced the highest, not only infection rates, but also the highest death rates. And what does yeah. that do in terms of the someone's ability to be productive in the office, someone's ability to show up, right, uh, emotionally and, and, and be focused when they've lost family members? It's hard mm-hmm. to find someone in, in, in communities of color who didn't have a loss of some sort yeah. as a result of COVID. And so when you see some families who have been wiped out, you think about that and you think about, okay, well, how do I support this employee emotionally and in their mental health in order to allow them to not only contribute back to the organization as effectively as they can, but also how do I build that goodwill with my employee base and let them know that I'm there for them, that we're here to support them and help them. Uh, through these extremely difficult crises. So I think it's important to understand that as it relates to diversity, that is one of the first things to acknowledge, the fact that we've experienced tremendous trauma over the last 18 months and that corporate America needs to be supportive and understanding of that. Yeah, and I would say the, the flexibility extended to all employees, right, to make sure that from a mental health perspective, the concept of bringing your whole self, right, 
uh, if you're mining it elsewhere, be, being having that flexibility um, and the air cover, right, from the leadership team, uh, setting that uh, guardrails, if not safety zone, right, pr- really projects out not only on allowing them to not just recover, but really reestablish uh, a path to re- really contributing back to the business in terms of before and after, right? Uh, but on the heels of that, you're co- you're bringing in someone who it's wiser, uh, who has been supported, who appreciates uh, that flexibility, the support system. It's what I the way I describe it, you know. And that's something to say, you know, in the cultures that we're from, that support system extends uh, beyond levels or relationship that in the traditional uh, work environment may not. And what I've always told colleagues throughout my career is that we are part of each other's support system. And we, as a leader, that also, uh, it's applicable, right? As a leader, I have an, uh, the ability to impact uh, your environment where that role is performed, uh, where that job sits, and, and providing flexibility um, uh, you know, in response to this pandemic, ultimately it's gonna make, uh, it's gonna create that win-win scenario. Uh, let me ask you something. Uh, you, you know, you talk about for that individual who is struggling. Have you uh, seen where where programs, development programs, for example, uh, help out in, in 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 addressing that mental health aspect or the challenge uh, for these communities that you can that you can share with uh, with, our, with our audience? Well, I think that there's a number of initiatives that are aimed at addressing mental health. I mean, um, health disparity was an issue way before this happened. But um, here in, in, in Massachusetts, for example, um, there are specific programs that have been developed um, by uh, whether it's the, the insurance providers as well as the, the different health institutions, um, Mass General Hospital, Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center, among others, who have developed um, programs aimed specifically at going into communities of color and addressing the the mental health issues that have been risen in a way that is culturally aware, culturally relevant. Because that's the other piece. It's not just uh, addressing uh, things broadly, but rather doing so in a way that is very, very culturally aligned and that is respectful yeah. of the the customs and and the traditions that that these communities have. And so, uh, you know, what I'm seeing is uh, different employers, large employers mostly, which is concerning, given that you know 90% of the workforce uh, relies within small business. But large employers primarily partnering with external organizations in order to provide wraparound services to their community. Um, including on-demand access to um, uh, clinicians and mental health professionals that yep. can support people either through the grieving process and or um, support with case management around the fact that um, you know many children are still working from home, for example, and there's ambiguity on you know as a school now with with Delta and the increases there's anxiety within uh, communities that, okay, well, are they going to shut down the school again? And how is that going to impact my job? And what does that mean? Um, And so that has, as um, is something that must be acknowledged um, by leadership, not only within HR and operations, but within the technology sector, particularly folks that are looking to, to cultivate talent um, and, and help them grow. Right. 
Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would say that, you know, we're returning to office and, and, and different, um, you know, different needs or evolving needs might be a better way to describe it. Uh, and this hybrid environment, right, being able to cultivate that talent in a hybrid environment creates some logistics uh, challenges. But the commitment by leaders to keep nurturing state, the stamina behind that commitment, um, you know, it's going to be a critical success uh, engine, I would say, um, you know, that they can offer uh, not just the professional services, but think about development programs, you know, academia, obviously mentoring, coaching and other types of infrastructure uh, that could also relate to the cultivation of a talent pool, right? Not so much uh, with one single purpose in mind, but now diversifying some of the goals an objective with the design of those programs. Um, you know, in your career, um, you know, have you had a, a, you know, the challenge, right, where you see, you know, one of your peers or one of your friends or, or, or someone in your community um, in which, you know, your advice became your, you know, the difference maker and being able to create that connection with that someone and that became your contribution to cultivate a talent that it's not so much in your organization, but it's somewhat within your network. So any stories that you want to share on that? Well, I think that there's, um, you know, programs like uh, Tech Hire Boston, for example, um, also the, the the Society for Information Management um, has a number of, uh, of great initiatives. Um, uh, around community outreach, I know that um, Sync USA is working on um, uh, harnessing its communities of leaders uh, and making sure that uh, they're working together around addressing um, and supporting uh, the growth of of the next generation of employees. Um, I think that uh, you know, for me, I've been a part of mentorship programs of various types for over a decade. And I think that it's not only providing mentorship programs for folks that are very, very new, but rather providing a, uh, sponsorship, if you will, for those that are mid-career. And those tend to be uh, a lot more high touch. They require uh, a very personalized engagement. Uh, it requires understanding where is this individual at today in a very again, personalized way, and then working with that person in order to define where they want to go and helping them to carve out a career map that is going to allow them to get there. And so that is a very one-on-one thing. Um, it's something that not only, not always requires a tech-to-tech uh, mentor-mentee relationship, Meaning that you could have someone who is in tech, but is being mentored by someone in operations, as an example, or someone who's in cybersecurity, who's being mentored by someone in MIS or outside of that. Because more often than not, it's simply about asking critical questions and helping the person think through their options and then encouraging them to take the necessary steps in order to carve out the whether it's the the certification whether it's the right project that they should be engaged with 
uh, and that that project is then going to round out their resume in order for them to pursue the next opportunity. And so those are some of the things that I've seen um, are very effective in, in helping people achieve the next level of, of growth. So, Renia, we've talked about diversity. We talked about the talent crisis happening in, in you know, not just IT, right, but in broader terms, uh, not just the domestic economy, but the global economy, right? The impact of the pandemic, uh, a hybrid workforce, a hybrid work environment, uh, the flexibility that it's required uh, from being offered through our leadership uh, team to our different employees, looking for ways to nurture them, looking for ways to be tracking the mental health and some of the invisible impacts that perhaps might not be as obvious, right? Um, so what I like to do now is sort of bring it back and, and, and pivot it into, you know, as a leader, right? What are some of the strategies or some of the options that you would consider? And I think what I like to do is kind of high, you know, you know, briefly describe them, but but then connect that to to what we're going to be going to a much more deeper dive at the event, right? So, right. Well, first and foremost, I mean, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you that there's not a lot of, uh, there's not a ton of options out there. I mean, the, the reality is that there is a, tr- a talent crisis for, for a reason. And I'll also tell you that that's exactly why we built Cyber Warrior Academy. It's to address the need for not only talent, but also being able to work with people of color, women and veterans that are looking to to be a part of this industry and have historically not found the pathway in. And so that's exactly what we do. Um, now, in addition to us, there are other ways that employers can address that. One of them, for example, is working with uh, community colleges. Community colleges represent uh, a great source of talent. Now, part of that is that as you bring in any new employee, you are going to have to upskill them. And um, it's, it's well known that not all educational programs are, are built the same. Um, there's, there's, there's a number of schools, however, that have um, great instructors, great training. And at the same time, even with that, even if they come from an Ivy League, you're still going to have to put them through specific product training, for example, whether it's uh, whether you're on Azure, you're on AWS, or you're using Splunk or IBM or Cisco or whatever it may be. Yeah, you're going to have to give them that type of hands-on that more often than not they tend not to get in in a in a regular um, you know in a, in a more traditional setting. Um, and so, at the same time, there that's that's a challenge regardless of who you bring in. Um, whether it's diverse or not, uh, the fact is that employers are looking for certain hands-on technical skill sets. Everybody wants someone that has X number of years experience. Well, we're in a world where that talent is no longer there. The the supply far outs up, up uh, the demand far out, outspaces the supply, and so that forces us to go into the military and transitioning veterans and say, okay, how am I going to invest proactively in training programs 
that allow folks to leverage those life experiences and now cross-train them to do the job that you need them to do. There is no easy answer. There is no freebie. Yeah, the idea that you're just going to pick someone out of a job portal yeah. and they're going to be ready to walk through your door, well, that means you're poaching them and you're paying them 20 to 30% more than the next person. And how sustainable is yeah. that? It's not. Well, I got to tell you, um, when you look at the energy uh, that gets realized with providing an opportunity where to an audience that or an individual that uh, otherwise would not have had that opportunity presented to them, specifically in the diverse community, it is it is one of the things that makes it special at the same time. Um, you know, the desire to to grow, the desire to advance, the desire to even advocate and use that that cultural uh, a profile. Uh, to be a more effective leader if when given the opportunity, I think that that's definitely one of the attributes for that when I looked at how do we solve this problem right there's many options right to tap into this pool how to go about them sometimes it's 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 more more art than science um you know finding the right fit the right scale the right pace the right project the right you know like going back to the enough talent to you know the right talent right so you know, there's, this is an ongoing uh, balancing act, right? That each organization at different points in their journey are going to have to revisit uh, many, many times, right? You know, coming out of the pandemic, uh, maybe the economy worsens or it gets better. So that puts them in a different dynamic. But I would argue that looking at diversity as, as a theme, if not a, a, a driving force behind solutioning against a talent crisis, and finding creati- the creativity and innovation in what options exist, um, not only on the technical side, but also in how business-ready they may be uh, in order for them to be successful. It, it falls on us. It falls on us as leaders. Um, and it's it's our job to create that path. It's our job to create that, that journey for others. And that's how I would argue uh, we put ourselves in organizations uh, to be able to protect really our next generation of leaders, right? So we're definitely going to be talking about how do we do more of that, right? And it follows on some of the conversation we have on the first part of this podcast, right? And and to the extent that, um, you know, if there was one thing that as a leader uh, you want to call out, right? And 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 I'll just throw uh, um, my own before you answer that question, and I'll use a movie to kind of tell the story, right? There was a movie about uh, the Coast Guard and, and I think it's the Kevin Costner and, and um, I forget his other name, but it's The Guardian. And there's a scene between them that they talked about the talent, right? And how he perceived his potential. And the, the key takeaway became when he looked at him and he said something like, you know, you have the potential to save the one life that nobody else can. So when I bring that back to our leadership layer, you know, I would always ask you as a leader, what would be the one's career, right, that you aim to protect or you aim to advance or you aim to uplift or promote or advocate for that really it's on you, right? It's because you're there, you're able to do so. And it's you, the individual. So that challenge will be out- applicable to, to, to you know, the entire, you know, same community as well as the industry community, right? So I want to ask you, uh, you know, about well, that. 
I can tell you that there's a number of people that did that for me, that uh, in fact continue to do that for me to this day, that have, at you know, twenty some odd years ago when I started my career, would, you know, as as a kid from 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 an underserved community, as a kid from quote unquote the hood, my my ability to to communicate wasn't as as fluid as perhaps it is today, and there were folks that would. Um, take it upon themselves to help me properly enunciate things and uh, perhaps introduce me to, to, to concepts that I was not aware of because they were not part of the life experiences that I had had. And, and so, yeah, I think that that's immensely important. And if for, for folks that are truly committed to diversity and not just, you know, not talking about racial diversity, but just diversity in general, especially socioeconomic diversity. Economic diversity mm-hmm. is one of the most difficult things to, to overcome. And so how do you embrace people and you share that knowledge in a way that's empathic, in a way that shows respect and shows caring for that person's professional growth and personal growth? Something as small as gifting oh, someone a book, for example, um, that without you saying anything would, would help them build on the necessary skills that they need to grow rather than, you know, chastising someone on a, on a, on a quarterly review as an example, and, and perhaps saying certain things, it's okay. Well, how do you, you know, we, we all know about constructive criticism, but can you take that a step further and say, Hey, I was reading this book. I think it'd be really helpful to you. Um, you know, I just wanted to share this with you. So I think that that's the sort of thing that begins to curve the likelihood of success of someone. And one of the challenges that I would put in front of leaders to to take ownership of it and perhaps go that extra mile, if you really want to open the doors of economic prosperity for all. Absolutely. And I got to say that with that comes um, enabling Mm. access too, right? So I think that's the... Um, you know, when I was growing up, uh, early in my career, I would always look at, you know, just give me an opportunity, right? And 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 to your point, you know, I continue uh, to be the basically on the receiving end, on from a benefits perspective, someone's help, someone's advocacy, someone's sponsorship, someone's coaching and mentoring, in order for me to continue to advance, then then paying it forward, right? Bringing and uplifting someone's career and then so that you empower them to do the same to those behind them right so you create uh, a chain effect benefit right uh and and, and the commitment to do it let's say quote unquote mm-hmm. locally right but at the you know so that permutates right so the the ability to have that type of impact uh really starts with with every leader accepting the challenge right the fact that we have a talent crisis the fact that we need the talent in order for us to take the organization to the next level, where you're, whether you're a small business or the next one, and really start looking at creative ways to create, evolve, nurture that workforce. And, and at the same time, mitigating that risk that is associated with either someone calling it quits too early or someone pivoting out or not giving them access to an opportunity because they perhaps don't, don't share the same image or similar image than some of the those inside mm-hmm. may, may may have right, and I think collectively, um, 
you know, we, we, we got to accept the challenge, right? And we got to explore different options. So uh, when we, you and I uh, will spend some, some additional time to continue seeing the conversation, but instead of a podcast, we're going to have a, a deeper dive into these topics, right? So, so I'll let you kind of uh, add some additional thoughts before we, we, we kind of close it out. Well, thanks, Walter. The, the other thing that I, I think it's important to reiterate is unconscious bias and, and the fact that leaders need to set that example recognizing that it's there in a public way and encouraging their entire leadership organization on down to embrace unconscious bias. And and these are things that, again, are not just based on race or gender or other things. It's really something that we all have, even something where, you know, someone who is from New York may perceive someone who is from California different than they do. I mean, it's just, it's just, it is what it is. We all have unconscious bias. And I think that it starts by acknowledging the elephant in the room and then motivating all employees up and down the chain to do the same and then be empathic towards their coworkers, towards the fact that there is a ton of value in the fact that you and I have different life experiences and that we can look at problems differently. We can take on a lot more together. And, you know, particularly as it relates to cybersecurity and the challenges that are before us right now, it's only going to be to creativity through diverse thinking and certainly via teamwork that we're going to be able to, to fight the fight. I agree. I agree. I can't. Agree any more than, than than with everything that you said, um, and, and again, thank you for sharing your insights. Uh, I can't wait for the event. I'm looking forward to sitting next to you, uh, give you a high five, and 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 and, and keep talking uh, on this subject. And to an extent, keep the conversation going. Right, keep the seek the conversation podcast uh, uh, ongoing, and making sure that we create an ongoing conversation around this topic. That doesn't stop at the event, doesn't stop at the podcast. I think as leaders, it's it's upon us to to carry the message, right? So I want to f- again thank you for for joining me in in these two podcasts and and keeping um, our bar our end of the bargain, which is to keep the conversation going. So I appreciate that. Right it's now. my pleasure to be here, and I'm also very excited not only to continue the conversation today, but also to hear from other leaders. What are they doing? in order to uh, address some of these issues. And so absolutely, thank you for saying the conversation podcast for having me, Walter. It's been a pleasure. You know, again, you know, thanks for joining this second part of Sync the conversation. If you want to learn more about uh, Sync USA, please visit syncusa.com.